0: I'm going to talk a little bit about my situation I'm going to keep that really short for obvious reasons Um, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about um, why I'm the guy talking in front of you why I started eat to perform actually I'm gonna start right there I'm gonna start why I started eat to perform and why when you think of Paul Nobles you don't think diet guru right so Most people, when they do something, okay, they don't put the name first and they don't put the protocol first. Most diet authors, as an example, um, you know their names. Most people don't know my name. You know, they see me at the CrossFit Games and they're like, that's the Eat to Perform guy. Or they see me at a powerlifting meet, that's the Eat to Perform guy. My role at to Perform is to get you guys smart people with really good information and that's a little bit of what we try to do here today, you know. My experience with Mike was really nice and liberating. I talked about that a little bit earlier. There's too many people that are dogmatic one way or the other. You know, they're all Pop-Tarts or they're all chicken and kale and we're somewhere in the middle. And what we wanted to do was get you guys the most information and the best information that we can. I will die literally trying to get you guys the most information that's going to help you to get to where you were. But there's one other element of Ethical Form that makes us different. Okay? because I know some of you guys have probably, you know, seen, been exposed to things like paleo or, or, um, well, I don't know what the opposite of paleo would be, but certainly anything like Weight Watchers, The Zone, paleo, what do all of them have in common? Most of them have in common that they're a deficit approach to eating, okay? It's this idea that you can go less, 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 and then somehow, end up with your ideal body composition and you're all sitting here right hopefully for just more information but partially because all that stuff gets to be a little frustrating over time and it doesn't land you where you wanted to be you know mentally and physically and so we already went over the mental part with lizbeth and we talked a little bit with tony one qualification that I want to have with Tony, because we've had a couple people say this to me. No, you don't need to be like an amazing athlete. In case you haven't figured it out, I'm not an amazing athlete. You know, last week we did the Granite Games qualifier. I was the last person, right? And it was like so shameful to be the last person, right? I'm the eat to perform guy. People expect me to be this or that. They don't. I thought of that, that was the old tape playing in my head. What I did was I said, you know what, guys? I've been busting my tail for five years. This is what I got on paper. I'm gonna get better eventually. See, that's the thing with equal form. One, it's not a plan. We're not telling you this is the thing that's going to make you something. This is, there is not a secret. It is a long-term approach to health that ultimately You have exposure to a high level of information, but you have people, right? You go, well, when I bought that book, you know, I wasn't able to talk to that author. You'll always have access to Paul Knowles, okay? Within the social media realm, it's always easy. Now, can you get coaching from me? Sometimes that's gonna be hard. You know, we certainly have group coaching and I feel like I'm as available as just about anybody can be um, that has 60,000 members and, you know, this really expansive way of looking at things. But what we're gonna talk about right here, Mike's already covered a little bit, but what I'm gonna talk about is how you get results doing it, right? And so a little bit of the fat metabolism, carbohydrate metabolism, using it with periods of focus, performance-focused fat loss to see a result. So I'm going to just kind of jump right in. So when I first started talking to athletes, and, I mean, we've not just talked to CrossFit people. I mean, we're sort of in a CrossFit gym, so the word CrossFit's coming up a lot, which is fine. I don't have any problem with that. I do CrossFit. But I also run. I also powerlift. The basis of CrossFit has somewhat been lost in the fact that the majority of us should be doing sport, right? CrossFit's kind of a workout. You know, you're supposed to enjoy it, the community's awesome, all this other type of stuff. There's a lot of variety there. But we can take what we do and make you a good powerlifter, we can make you a good Olympian. Okay, we work with a wide expanse of people. And so this idea that somehow I would be better at pull-ups, you know, by reaching a certain body weight or something of that nature is a little bit overdone, right? So when we first started working with people and we kind of focus on Mike's approach to metabolic flexibility um, the thing that made my journey different the only thing that was ever different for me was I said all that starvation stuff yeah I'm done with that I know that's not working okay and I don't give a shit what I look like I'm not doing that you know because the best version of Paul Nobles is that I like doing stuff And I like going places. And I like being the person that I wanna be both mentally and physically. So then you start to say, well, okay, I'm gonna start doing stuff, you know? And I'm gonna tell you when I first started, this was probably seven, eight years ago when my first introduction to Mike and stuff like this, I still had a lot of bad habits, you know? I wasn't eating mostly whole foods at that point. I was just basically trying to do a whole bunch of stuff and and kind of out-eat a bad diet. And people say that you can't out-eat a bad diet, you can't, but you might not be willing to put in the work. I was willing to put in the work, and I was doing fine, but I was sick a lot, I was injured a lot, and so my approach needed to be refined. And that's when Whole Foods became kind of a big part of what I do. And so I started eating Whole Foods, and and I remember, you know, my wife and I, we were we were juicing, you know, I didn't like vegetables, so I figured I'd drink them instead. And so I started, you know, juicing my vegetables, and I really liked that. And once I opened my palate up to that, I was like, okay, I'm willing to do anything at this point to reach my goals as a human being. But the big component that I started to see over and over again. I started like, you know, Mike wasn't the only PhD that I've annoyed to death, right? So I've talked to so many people, but the big thing that I was doing was like, I'm just a regular guy and I'm 42 and I'm eating 3,500 calories. Am I gonna get like huge? And, And what I started hearing over and over again, was that what's very commonly known in the strength and conditioning world is not very known in the regular world because we're all taught less, less, less. Eat to Perform is not new. Eat to Perform is not original. It's original to 48-year-old women though, right? Nobody has said what I'm saying to 48-year-old females and that's what makes Eat to Perform different, okay? We're saying to you guys this approach of rinse and repeat dieting is actually the problem and not the solution, right? And so, as I started to eat more and then my approach started to get better and I started eating better meats and started to have vegetables on occasion, all of a sudden, everything started to come in line. So, June 27th is a very special date for me, actually. I found this out. Um, you know, yeah. kind of after the fact, you know, like part of Eat to Perform is that, yes, I, you know, have like some responsibilities as it relates to like the content of Eat to Perform, but also like the business side of things. So like dates and stuff like this, they don't always occur to me like they would occur to anybody with a regular schedule. Um, June 27th was the day that I took my level one. Okay, and so when I took my level one, um, this is how that went. They go, Hey, has any one of you idiots possibly not ever done CrossFit before? And why the hell would you be here? And I'm like, Okay, you know, that's me, you know? So I, I raised my hand. Now, just to be very clear, CrossFit four or five years ago was not what it is today. You know, it's a much more defined, open process. You know, Um, what it was then was still kind of a small community. I think there was only about a thousand affiliates at that point. And uh, so this idea the, the whole reason why I ended up going to do it was because I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do. You know, um, I mean, in terms of being a nutritionist, you know, that's six to eight years of my life and, and all this other type of stuff. So I'm like, well, okay, I'll take a job as a trainer. Maybe maybe trainer is my calling. And so I get to this prostate thing. I had already lost 60 pounds at that point, okay? And so, I would already kind of figured a lot of the food stuff out. So I get to this CrossFit thing, and basically I was the demo guy for two days, right? And so, you know, I remember this was probably, what's Chuck's last name, Elizabeth? Yeah, so, so at the end of the day, Chuck says, you know, okay, we're gonna all be doing Fran. And I mean, everybody's like, yeah! I've been waiting for Fran all day long! And I was just like, I have no idea what Fran is. You know? And they go, well, it's gonna be 21, 15, and nine pull-ups and thrusters at 95 pounds. And I shit you not, I started to cry. <laughs> but like, like, it's funny. I really did cry. <laughs> I'm not saying this to be funny. My journey up to that point was really hard. You know, I had done a lot of things that were going to be very, very difficult, and I would made a huge sacrifice in my life to get there. And so when I got there and I couldn't do a pull up, and I couldn't do a thruster, um, It felt like my journey was somehow compromised, right? Like, all the hard work that I put in didn't matter. You know, there was this gigantic fitness protocol that I could not even aspire to at that point. So, you know, Chuck, to his credit, Doug Chapman, to his credit, You know, they were very nice to me, much nicer than they deserved. I should not have been in that room at that time. It was ridiculous for me to be there, you know. Um, I did jumping pull-ups, I did 45-pound thrusters. But the one thing that I did do was Fran RX four months later, okay? Because I was serious. When Elizabeth talks about joining the circus, I was all in, I joined the circus. When I left there, I was like, I'm not going to have these crazy fitness people judge me in my journey. I've already come really far. The only problem was I was still 22% body fat and I did not look like anybody that was a fit human being, right? And so part of my journey was going to be the fact that I needed to lift weights and that I needed to build some muscle. And all of you, of course, have seen, you know, what I looked like six months later, right? Yeah. So I went from 22% on June 27th to 9% within six months. What was the big difference? It was the muscle, you know. If you look, you're looking at Paul Noble's from that day, 30 to 35 pounds of muscle, you know, and I'm not like. You know like usually muscular So imagine what Making Health a priority Does for you You know When I was driving home from Chicago that day And and I was Cursing to my wife and saying You know I'm not going to let these people judge My journey up to this point And I let myself have that Pity party for a little bit By the end of the the Trip, I was already googling the place that I would go, and my first workout was Murph, you know. <laughs> and I did it, um, and I remember it's funny because the picture, you know, if you guys are in Science Lab off topic, I'll post it. Um, but the picture was funny because, you know. I had taken off my shirt, I was like pouring in sweat. You know, I, I modified everything except for the run, because um, I was at least good at that part. And um, somebody's like, say cheese. I, I'm like the worst pitcher. You would never want this pitcher out there. So of course I'm gonna share with you guys. Um, but, but really, the point being, you have to be all in in all circumstances. You're going to get this body fat information and it's gonna seem really frustrating to you and you're gonna go, oh gosh, I wish that wasn't the case. It doesn't matter. You know, what matters is a long-term, sustainable approach to health for life, you know? Um, And, you know, I'll get into, you know, how we, we, you know, work with athletes and get them specific results. But there's a doctor by the name of Stephen Blair and he is a professor at the University of South Carolina. And what he talks about is that when you're a sedentary individual compared to an active individual, it doesn't matter what your body fat percentage is, right? You're better off doing something than doing nothing. Okay, so we're all going to be focused on numbers and data and calories and all this other kind of stuff. But in the end, doing something is better than doing nothing. And we always need to make doing more a priority, right? And so when we talk about the WAVE method as an example, I always like to say that the WAVE method is a method, not the method. Everybody sells you something based on the fact that they're going to fix whatever it is that your problem Okay, so I'll give you an example of a person that came up to me and she said I need to lose 30 pounds I said, okay, you know, like that's fine I mean, I I don't like the way you're thinking there, but you know, I can work with that and she says well, then I need to lose 30 pounds in six months. I'm like, okay. I said, why? Well, you know, I just don't like the way this feels on my body. I'm like, how about I make a deal with you? I can have you lose 45 pounds. Well, 45 pounds, that sounds like a lot. I'm like, no, no, I'm pretty sure I can help you lose 45 pounds. She's like, kind of starts to get a little giddy at the idea, right? Um, So they go, if 30 pounds is good, then 45 pounds would be better. Um, So, but the only thing is, I need you to change your timeline. I need you to change your timeline to whenever, okay? And we're not gonna lose 45 pounds all at once. See, that's the deal, is it's the thought process that you need to lose 30 pounds all at once that's been actually stopping you from actually losing 30 pounds right and by the way she didn't need to lose 30 pounds at the most she should lose three pounds or five pounds that's how goals work you don't go to a goal and go i want to squat 500 pounds well get under that 500 pound let's do this you know no you work up to those numbers you know and gradually you get to where you want to go so when you say to me i need to lose 30 pounds i go okay good you know let's uh let's stay weight stable for three to six months let's say that you're female you're 170 pounds Um, And then here, we're going to drop you down to, let's say, um, 155, okay? And then we're going to come back up to 160, and then we're going to go back down to, um, I'm just doing 145 just because of the math, but truthfully, i probably have to go to 150. Um, And then, you know, same thing here we're going to go to 150 and just for the math we're going 135 truthfully though i probably ever lose 60 pounds (laughs) because what we're going to do is a lot slower than this right the slower that you can make it the more sustainable it becomes and then all of a sudden when we start to to transpose that over how we're increasing work capacity, how we're increasing your calories over time, it makes a real big difference. So one of the things that we started talking about early on, and we have a infographic, I don't, you know, we have so much information out there now, it's like, it's like a miracle. But in some ways, it's kind of frustrating because not all of you guys have seen everything that we've put out. You know, so there's some things that may be missed. But one of the things I talked about when we started our ePerform board game, which is like our infographic that takes you from, you know, it kind of walks you through this process. The 3,200 people and the 1,800 people, they start off at the same place. Why? We don't know where you are. We don't know if you're under eating or you're overeating. People say to me, why do you, I need to track. I didn't track for years, right? Actually going from 225 to 165, I didn't track, you know? But then you go, well, why are you asking me to track now? Well, my approach wasn't great, (laughs) you know? I just did whatever it took, but I've learned a lot of things in that process. And in that process, I can take basically where you are from a calorie standpoint and give you a much better approach and then kind of walk you through this as we go so in the case of the 3200 person okay who's overeating for in this case a female her total daily energy expenditure is 2400 for the purposes of the film i'm assuming that many of you know what your total daily energy expenditure is but for the purpose of the film i'm going to talk a little bit about most people think of 2000 calories to maintain 1200 to lose. There's a lot of debate about that. Some people go, "Oh my goodness, you know, there's no way that is. that's what a lot of people know, right? That's a lot of the information in mainstream out there." Okay? The simple fact of the matter is total daily energy expenditure is the calculator we have on each to perform and that's what your body actually wants. Hundreds of years of scientific information has led us to the calculations that are total daily energy expenditure. So when this woman says to me that she doesn't think that she's supposed to be eating 2400, I say, what makes you so special? What makes you so different that the rules of science don't apply to you, right? And then you go, well, you know, I've got a hypothyroid, I've got this or that. A lot of the time, I'm not saying that everything, I'm not saying that some of us don't have medical conditions and stuff like that. But all the medical conditions that I had gradually fixed themselves when I started eating an adequate amount of food for what I did, right? Even in the infants where I was eating, you know, with you know some level of intuition, It wasn't always perfect. I was still under eating in that instance. And that's why, you know, a diet of mostly whole foods can take you far, but if you're not getting the results that you need, then we need to get a little bit specific, you know? And that was one of the things that we introduced, like with our paleo 3.0 article. I mean, just as a like 30 second paleo thing in general, The whole idea with paleo is way different than it is now. You know, there was basically lean meats and vegetables. And anybody know what the secret is there? It's calories. The calories are just naturally going to be lower. And so ultimately, the difference is when you get to a point where, you know, you're not getting results, eating mostly whole foods. If you want to call that paleo, I'm cool with that. But what I'm saying is if you're eating mostly whole foods, and you're not seeing a result, the temptation for a lot of people is to start eating less whole foods. And that's the problem, not the solution. And that's what we're trying to fix. And that's why when I start talking about expansion for 48 year old females, people are like, oh my goodness. But. You don't go from zero to 1.2 million fans for nothing. What did all those people have in common? They said, What I'm doing now ain't working. And this dude seems to be talking some sense, and my goodness, I'd like some pizza. (laughs) You know? And so I think. There was a little bit of a pizza conversation, you know, going on. But in general, you know, people said, you know, that wasn't working for me. And that's what happened for me with the gym, right? Is As frustrating as it was to be sitting there and saying, you know, I can't do a pull-up or I can't do a 95-pound thruster, that's a lot of evidence sitting right in front of you that what you've been doing ain't right, you know? And hopefully we make that message. One thing that happens a lot with Ether performance is that people say, I've been trying to convince my friend Barb to join Ethan performance. He just will not come no matter how much I say. Quit trying to convince Barb. Barb will come the minute you start showing results and doing a good job. I'm not in the convincing business. That just ain't who I am. And we didn't get all the members that we have by convincing anybody of anything. The good majority of people, they were doing something that wasn't working, and so we've moved on to something that is working. And so, if you were overeating at 3,200, your total daily energy expenditure is 2,400, we're gonna take three to six months to regulate your situation, and we're going to try and get you to, you know, fuel your workouts correctly, and, um, you know, get, get the process going. Well, if you were eating 3,200 and you're 2,400 and you walk into your workouts at 100%, you're gonna lose fat, right? You were overeating. Now you're under eating or at least eating an appropriate amount for what you did. So a lot of people will see a recomp there. That's not our overwhelming situation. Our overwhelming situation is this one. And actually when I say 1,800, I'm being really conservative, it's actually 1,300. The good majority of people that start to track, they're like, oh my God, I never realized I was eating this long. I was eating enough protein. I was eating enough vegetables. I feel full all the time. One of the things that we always hear is, once you start you know, adding in an adequate amount of food for what you do, people are like, I'm hungry all the time. Yeah, that's because your metabolism is actually working now. When we talk about metabolism, can we quit like with all this like tale nonsense? We're talking about muscle. When you look at your resting metabolic re- rate, basal metabolic rate, they're measuring your muscle. So if you have 87 pounds of lean mass, let's work on the 87 pounds of lean mass and let's try and get that up to 110. And magically, your metabolism will come back, right? And so when you say, I'm eating low carb and I can't lose weight, I would say, one, your focus shouldn't be on weight, it should be on fat. But two, when you take out carbohydrates, you're taking out one of the biggest antagonists to cortisol. That's going to lead to more belly fat than a lot of people. You're not going to be able to sleep. Lots of negative stuff happens. You add the carbohydrates back in, all of a sudden you're sleeping better, but, There's two things going on. Muscle protein turnover will be better with carbohydrates for a number of reasons. But one of the reasons is that your calorie number went up, right? And so you go from 1300 to 1800, eventually we get you here to 2400 and we've kept you relatively weight stable. Are you doing more work in the gym? Do you feel more energetic throughout the day? Do you sleep better? I mean, the thing that kills me about equal form, we make people sleep better. They're eating double. They have better sex. They're going throughout the day better. They feel better about themselves, but they're not losing weight. Who gives a shit? All that other stuff got better, right? So let's focus on the good part, okay? But now there is a really interesting part about what I'm saying here that gets overlooked and it's really, really important. So we're sleeping better, we're resting better, we're going throughout the day, we're having sex, we're a good human being, right? All this other type of stuff. Guess what we're also doing? We're building tissue, right? All the things, when people say to me, I. I meant to say this earlier. I'm gonna lose fat and build muscle. Can't. I'm tired of hearing that, you know. Pick one, Uh you know. And that's what we do. It's this idea that you can live in this like fairyland, you know, and then build muscle, eating 1300 calories. It doesn't even pass the logic test. You know, that you could come in here and bust your ass and lift all kind of weight and do that on 1300 calories okay you can do it for a day or two but you can't do it for a while and that's why the rinse and repeat paleo challenges is in my view are doing more harm than good you know and why i think the way that we approach challenges is next level because we're really saying to people hey look Let's expand your work capacity. Every gym in the world should be all about the eat and perform because if you're a gym and you're a gym owner, you should go, I want my athletes doing more and I want them join join the experience in the gym. Nobody's gonna, then, then why the hell are you having a paleo challenge, you know, where some people are eating 1200 calories? That makes no sense to me, you know? Um, so we take this individual, Okay, in the case of thirty-two hundred person, they're actually becoming a little bit more, a little better in the gym because they're they're fueling their workouts a little bit better. This person is actually adding some carbohydrates. They're adding some calories, and we've got them at twenty-four hundred. So then they say to me, okay, I've gained four pounds of muscle in this three three to six months, and so at one hundred and let's say one hundred and fifty pounds. Um, they've lost 3% body fat. Okay, that's really important. And everybody needs to hear this. When I say this right now, if I take you from 1800 to 2400, and you gain staying weight stable, you gain four and a half pounds of muscle, you just lost fat, you just lost 3% body fat right there. You're doing more, 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 more. Sex, 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 sleep, sleep, sleep. You know, all that kind of stuff is good, right? So now you say to me, Paul, you know, I'm really, really happy. I'm doing all this amazing stuff. But I still would like to see. Here's what everybody says to me, and every person needs to hear if you're helping someone with fitness. Okay? I want to look like. The, the effort that i'm putting into the gym right if you're 3 5 years 10 years into your fitness journey and you're still thinking thoughts like that then we need to get more specific right and it doesn't mean that you can't have moments where you aren't you know doing that or you aren't eating intuitively but in general what i think most people find and anybody that um has a Fitbit uh what they find is holy cow I burn a lot more than I thought I was burning you know and Chris is shaking his head Mr you know million steps and 5000 calories a day and then as you start to meet your energy output with your energy input magical things happen um and so let me just I'm going to I'm gonna gonna run through this real quick okay so here's what happens once people start to be become aware of how much energy they're putting out okay Um, and a lot of times it ends up being more than they think I started a challenge three weeks ago where I started publishing my food law I don't know if you guys have seen it some people have And when I first started off, I was like, man, I'm gonna show these people, I'm gonna gonna eat 3,500 calories, and then I'm gonna burn 3,500 calories, and then everybody's gonna be like, wow, this is so amazing, you know, this guy's eating so much food, blah, 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 blah. So first couple days, I started doing that, and started burning 3,500 calories. And I was very easily eating 3,500 calories, I was staying weight stable, that was no problem. I was like, man, this is a lot of food. And this is a lot of walking, you know? And so instead of 3,500 calories, I've settled in about 2,700, 2,800, right? Why? Because that fits my life better. I'm not trying to kill myself. What Tony's saying is awesome. And I think you should hear it. And I think you should apply it to your lifestyle and you should go, I need more rest. But if you heard what Tony said and think to yourself, you know, I need to become this amazing athlete to see results and stuff like that. That shit is overwhelming. You know, you don't need that. I'm visual proof. I was 225, 230 pounds, the best eat to perform story is mine, right? I was the one that started by eating more food and then showing people this path that everything that they've been trying to see a result Ultimately, lands them in roughly the same spot. Sometimes with interest, right? And so that's not the goal. So now this person has lost three percent body fat. We'll just say she was thirty-one percent. Okay, so she's now twenty-eight percent, and she's saying to herself, "Well, you know what would be cool is if I was twenty-five percent." Good. I can help you do that too. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take your 2,400 calories and this is where the weight method comes in, okay? So I'm giving her three numbers, 2,800 and 1,600, okay? So what happens is a lot of us go back to that, you know, starvation, you know, mindset of the magic is in the deficit. The magic's not in the deficit, folks, the magic is in the 2000 in this scenario because one you started from 2400 what's the secret to every diet it's the time where you weren't dieting that's the real secret to every diet you know you can't go to 1500 without being at 2000 or whatever the numbers are right you have to have the number going up to make the number going down work. And so that's why getting to 2,400 makes some sense by the time we go to 2,000. So then you go, okay, 2,400, 1,600, I'll just walk all the steps and I'll do all the things and I'll eat 1,600. No, that's your body doesn't want that. And here's the other thing too, you don't want it anymore either, right? You know what it's like to be at 2,400 because you're sleeping more, you're having more sex, and you're doing great things, okay? So now we're at 1600, um, but we go, okay, the magic is actually around 2000. So I think Mike talked about it in his presentation, but the idea is that you want to have the least amount of interference for the most effect. And so when I take someone for eight to 10 weeks, this is an eight to 10 week period, we're only trying to lose eight to 10 pounds. I did this part at 15 pounds because of math. And you go, well, couldn't somebody lose 15 pounds? Absolutely. If you have more fat to use, you are more likely to be able to use 15 pounds. When I say that, I have to be specific because there's a lot of people out there. You know, We used to have a, a class for people with more fat to use and we'd have people show up to that class that weighed 119 pounds. I'm talking about a female at 250 pounds. I'm talking about a male at 300 pounds. I'm not talking about a 119 pound person, you know? The potential, I mean, the the idea that you could lose 15 pounds at 119 pounds is like ridiculous, you know? Like once again, some of this stuff should pass the logic test, you know? And so, you know, we don't want to take this scenario and just jump down to 16,000. We want to start at 2,000. And we want to see if that has a positive result. And then we want to do metabolic flexibility. We want on the days that we're working out, you know, we want to have more carbohydrates. And on the days we don't, we want to be more fat adapted. And so um, that's going to make some sense. So then you go, well, how do I use 1,800 and 1,600? Well, that's really simple. One. On the days that you're going to have less carbohydrates, you're naturally going to fall within 1,600, 1,600, 1,800, no matter what. You're going to keep your fats relatively low. What happens with a lot of people, especially people who are, I mean, I remember hearing someone, talking to someone who had come from a paleo background and she's like, oh my goodness, if I go low fat, I'm going to be hungry all the time. I'm like, no, if you go low fat, you're going to have enough carbohydrates to keep your hunger signaling at bay and sure enough you know that's exactly what she found now what she found does that mean that that's what you would find or what anyone would find we all need to figure out where we're at you know the idea is that this is a system not the system And so when we say that you have people, what we're trying to walk you through is how to get the most result with the least amount of interference. And then if we see, you know, that someone is maybe two to three pounds away from their goal, and they've got three to four weeks, now we start to reassess and we start to consider whether or not you know some low intensity work at sixteen hundred for a couple weeks makes sense. Then you go, okay, sixteen hundred really—that feels really low. This person was at thirteen hundred, right? I'm talking about sixteen hundred for like what four days, you know. So you know, unless you see it in real life, it's sort of hard to like know that this works, you know. But the simple answer to all of this is that it's really the expansion component that makes the difference you know, you'll know, you obviously be able to get a better result when your math is better so now all of a sudden you've taken this person she's 170 pounds and we take her down um, to 160 now we start moving her up again for the next four months and I'm going to also talk about how we do this for our games athletes. Um, So for four months, we're going to have her doing more things. We're gonna have her calories going up. And in general, she's trying to stay kind of weight stable. Okay. When I say kind of weight stable, I mean five pounds. Okay. So we had her lose weight and we were allowing for a buffer of three to five pounds, depending on the size of the athlete. That's the missing component for a lot of you guys, right? You're holding back your potential by not pushing the top in. You should always push the top in. Now, my athletes do this, I do this. You guys are scared to death to do this and I'm going to do everything I can for the rest of my life to get you not scared to, to death to do this because that's where the secret is the secret is in more food the secret is in you know having more muscle the secret is in you know I mean I want to say doing more stuff but then I don't want to say doing more stuff because that also implies that you need to kill yourself to see a result I don't kill myself. I don't work out all that much. You know, I work out six days uh, six hours a week. You know, that's it. You know? I mean when people go, well, you know, what do you do for less? You know, and you're not exercise activity thermogenesis. Is that what you're calling walking my dog? Cause I'm just walking my dog. I mean it doesn't have to be this big gigantic deal. Yes, you know, certainly I'm going to be earning a few calories in that process, but that, you know, just means more food. Um, and more cool stuff. So in this next four months, I use the example where we're expanding the person's calories and expanding what she's able to do. And so she gained some more muscle there. So let's say that she gained three pounds of muscle. See, this is the other thing about muscle. People think that you can just put on an endless amount of muscle and you just can't, you know. I have people that say to me, I only gained three pounds of muscle. I would stab one of you to gain three pounds of muscle in a short period of time. <laughs> Seriously, this is New York. I can get away with it, I'm damn sure. You know, um, never, n- by the way, like those geographic jokes never work because everybody kind of takes it personally. Like, is he saying that we stab people in New York? You know, New Orleans is my hometown. I never got away with a good geographic joke there either. Um, so, so we gained three pounds here. Okay, that's not fat, you know, um, it might even be let's say well, okay, let's say let's say a scenario, she allows for a little bit of room. So three to five pounds, let's say by the time she's ready to cut next time, you know, we're up three pounds, three pounds of muscle that nets out to zero. Okay, so she has another eight to 10 week fat, focused fat loss period. And she's lost, you know, what ultimately amounts to what, nine divided by 1.5 is, you know, 6% body fat. That's how we get people the results that they want. Now, your timeline, well, I'll I'll go ahead. So, So in this scenario, I'll finish this up. In this scenario, we have 2550, 2550, okay? The reason why I did that is I wanted to show people we're not always trying to expand work capacity. We're not always trying to expand, you know, calories. Working with Danny Horan, I don't have her eating 12,000 calories, as an example. You know? Um, But she eats 3,500 calories on a daily basis. She's 149 female. You know? Um, Probably 12% at the moment. You know? Um, So, you know, there is. Mike, Mike says this. There comes a point where you can't out eat your metabolism, you know. Um, and conversely, you know, I think Tony would probably agree with this. You know, rest needs to be a component. And I think the best programming has rest factored in, especially for games athletes. Um, so, in terms of a games athlete cutting okay and this applies to triathletes Olympics whatever okay you don't cut going into competition no strength and conditioning coach would tell you to do that you know there are instances where let's say that you know you were at a powerlifting meet or something like that but you might do some kind of water cut to make weight but that's not what I would consider a cut where you're losing fat necessarily So how do you cut? How do you get lower in weight? In general, what you want to do coming out of the games, okay, let's say that you lost, right? You weren't Rich Froning or you weren't Camille. So now your goal is to get stronger. Sam Briggs is probably the best I've seen at this. If you saw videos of Sam Briggs this summer, you saw a person, I'm not gonna comment on her weight, because I don't know what her weight was. I don't work with Sam Briggs, but I'm envious of the situation that she knows what she's doing, right? But she looked like a bigger athlete at that point. I saw her at Wadpalooza in January, and she was ripped, you know? Why? Because she understands this. She understands that out of season, you know, she had a jumpstart on everybody. Remember, she didn't make the games. so. She had the ability to gain strength, put on a little weight so she could make sure, that's what we were talking about, expansion period. I mean, yeah, in this situation, I'm being a little cautious for a lot of you guys, but there are a lot of athletes that would largely benefit from putting on 10 to 15 pounds out of season, come down and cut. So when do I have them cut? For Danny, we had her cut over the holidays. Now, over the holidays for you guys, is like, there ain't no way I'm cutting over the holidays. But you don't have goals like she's got. She wants to be the fittest person on the planet, so she's willing to do whatever it takes, you know? So, we're probably six weeks in, you know, and she's had some bad stuff happen to her. You know, I'm not gonna go into that part, you know? But it was real bad stuff, not like, oh, you know, a lot of stress at my work today, you know? And so she says to me, you know, Hey, Paul, you know, I got to stop. And I said, okay, you know, I hear you. Give me the reason. She's so like, well, I just told you the reason. I've had all these horrible things happen, and Like life just hit her in the face. And so I had the task of saying to her, okay. We tried the last two years at the weight you were at and we didn't get anywhere, okay? You've had a couple bad situations happen. How are you honoring those situations by not reaching your goals? Boom, clicked in gear, we reached her goal. She's made the CrossFit Games third year straight and I would say she's on anybody's list to be amongst the favorites of winning, right? she stuck to the plan. What did she do? She trusted the process, right? And the process got her to where she ultimately wants to go. You're all going to have life hit you in the face. And you might not have that goal as the end thing. And I might actually say to you, you know what? I'm not going to have the conversation that I had with Danny because your goals might be different and they're not, might not be as acute. But to a certain extent, we do have to all hold ourselves a little bit accountable. We can do a lot of things as it relates to work capacity, as expansion, making your approach better. But at some point, you gotta go through these cycles. You gotta go through all this process. The last thing I'm gonna say before before we're done, um, and I will answer questions, I mean, we've got till, six o'clock a lot of people say can I get there without doing performance focused fat loss periods and that answer is yes right if you eat your total daily energy expenditure you're probably going to get there the problem is is that even for myself it's kind of never it's always a dirty process you know but if you're pretty comfortable with yourself and you like working out and you'd like to eat a little bit flexible and in general everything's working out with you stick with that plan you don't need this plan you know why you know, why is fat loss so important to you? You know what I mean? And so I think that if we can get to a point where your relationship with yourself sort of like coincides with what your goals are, then we're in a good spot, you know? And so I can help you with any goal that you want. And I, as you hopefully have figured out by by now, you know, I'm all about the blunt, <laughs> you know? I will tell you what the real story is. Um, But I think more than anything, I think a lot of people come to you to perform and they go, I don't know why I got caught in this fat loss cycle of craziness, you know? And hopefully that's been the thing that we've been able to help people with the most. And hopefully it's the thing that we'll be able to help people with for the rest of my life. You know, this is the best thing I've ever been a part of. The fact that we have 1.2 million you know I would have talked about this with five people and I did for a long time no one really listened actually you know um, but I still kept you know all I all I did was walk the path and not try to convince people and I think ultimately what we've seen now through the course of a couple of years is a number of people have seen good results they feel better as a person and they moved on so I hope that helps. Um, if you guys have any any questions, go right ahead. Um, we're obviously 10 minutes late. Um, I'll go as long as you guys want, but we do have to leave at six because the court's gonna kick us out. <laughs> so you had a question? This, uh, this cycle will be six months and then- It's four months. It, it's as an example. The... Right. Um, so can you, is that, uh um, able to shorten that? Where- or... Depends on the athlete. I would not view this as like, you know, I mean, well, it's not the end-all be-all, but it is just for every athlete, you know? I mean, like, as an example, I, I can't see a scenario, I mean, I'm looking at you in real life, I can't see a scenario you would shorten this, right? I would see a scenario where you would lengthen it, you know? Well, I mean... The only scenario where the people would be shorter is if they have a lot of fat to use, right? So if you were 300 pounds, you know, I would say that getting to 200 pounds is kind of a a bigger priority, you know. But I mean, you know, looking at you in real life, you know, I would say that, you know, a period of focusing on work capacity and building muscle over the course of a year you would want as little of these as possible. Remember, you're not building muscle or work capacity in a deficit. When you come out of a wave method period, it's going to be weeks before you can recover, you know, and just to get back to, to par, right? So you don't want to be going through these rinse and repeat cycles unless, like I said, you have a lot of fat to use, and that is a fel- uh, health issue. Does that, does that make sense? I think so. So, er- get What makes you better as an athlete? Yeah. And, that point where your metabolism can you you Yeah, you really want to push that goal and most people can't find it. You know, most people, you know, honestly as they start adding food and they start adding work capacity, you know, you're probably not going to out eat it you're not going to want to you know have that level of uncomfortable you certainly don't want to be michael phelps you know what i mean and so i think that you know for someone with athletic aspirations trying to maybe make it to regionals or something of that nature i mean like i said you know i'm pretty sure it's what sam briggs did pretty sure it's what danny did yeah, you know, well, I know exactly what Danny did, um, she only did one. She was already lean. You're already lean. And in case you don't know it, I mean, I'm seeing you and you're lean. So, um, certainly some level of more work, you know, make makes makes a big difference for people. What if, what if, you, get, like, what if you don't see her capacity? I haven't seen that I don't you know yeah I mean when you put together the right programming with the right amount of food you know I haven't seen a lot of people pushing that you know what I mean like when was the last time you spent the last three months eating 5,000 calories I'd love to see what that looks like you know what I mean well like I said that's that's a little bit of what I found right it's like yeah it's cool to push the capacity, it's good to become more of a human being, but sometimes it's just a lot of food, and I'm just a regular dude, you know. Um, how many? How much protein are you eating daily? How many carbohydrates are you eating daily? Okay. Well, there we go. Right there, we can stop right there. There's no way that you're getting an adequate amount of food eating 240 grams of carbohydrates. And then you say, "Well, but I'm eating 150 grams of fat." Well, that's part of the problem. You're blunting the response of the carbohydrates by eating too low carbohydrates and too high fat. Okay. So you're only eating 80 grams of fat. I mean, I can do the math for you real quick, and you're not eating enough food for somebody that's trying to work out a lot, you understand what I'm saying? So it seems like a lot of food, but let me tell you why it seems like a lot of food. Because you're eating too much real food. You need more energy density. People hate this when I say this, but it's the truth is you're, yes, health needs to be a thing. Yes, you should have salads, chicken and kale, all that stuff, that's all great. but I have dark chocolate macadamia nuts for energy density. You know, I have a carb drink called the Targo for energy density. These are the types of things that you can add to your to your food when you say, "Well, oh, gosh, you know, it seems like a lot." What no. Sometimes it's dosing issues, you know, things like that. But I mean, I'm not really talking about like specific foods no, I what you're as much. So- well, you don't have to have supplements. I mean, like white rice can be your thing. Sweet potatoes. I mean, i I heard Yeah, you're not eating enough, even though you think you're eating enough. Yeah, it, it, does, it, it does feel like a lot of food. And you know what? You're not the first athlete to say that to me. You know, certainly we've had games athletes that are like, wow, this is a lot of food. You know, and um, they say other things. <laughs> yes. So, if you're already lean, then you really wouldn't do these down cycles? You would just... Yes. Yes. In general, what you're going to be focused on is building muscle. But there is a point of diminishing return with muscle. I mean, we definitely... You know, I took a 72-year-old female, put 6 pounds of muscle on her so it's possible a lot of times we're going to be addressing big deficiencies with aging athletes and those deficiencies turn into muscle real quick okay but yeah in some ways what we're talking about with the wave method I wouldn't say we're just going up 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 calories 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 but there's going to be a point where your programming is going to have to go into a certain cycle. But also there needs to be like a little patience to see that through. That was part of my deal, right? Is, you know, it took a little bit of a while for me to sort of figuring out that one, I needed more whole foods. You know, two, I needed more rest. Three, I need a little less cardio. Now I'm at the opposite. I need a little bit more cardio. And so there's always going to be, for the rest of your life, some process of refinement. On the days you're working out you that. Uh, your rest days just less carbs rest days will be less carbs this is the mistake that people make and you know it's kind of sad that this is going to come at the end fat intake, stay the same. fat intake will stay the same in most cases sometimes it can go up a little bit as an example one of the things that i think people focus on a little bit too much we call them control days Control days are basically rest days where you're eating fewer carbohydrates. Here's the problem though. A lot of people view those days as deficit days and that's not how I view them. Mike talked about it. The whole idea of insulin sensitivity is being more reliant on fats for those days. And so the calories aren't going to change all that much. That said, I'm a dude that only works out six days a week. Okay. And my control day carbohydrates are 300 grams 300 grams that's more than you're eating right now you know and that's my control day imagine what my workout days are you know what i mean and so um yeah i mean the the reason why i'm saying is just i want to caution people that think that control days are they're building up this huge deficit and they're keeping fat off and stuff like that. No, it's really about insulin sensitivity. It's about, you know, being able to use the right fuels at the right times and realizing that these are guidelines, not rules. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I understand you want to keep the calories the same. Where do you make up that deficit of calories with the carbs that you're not getting that day? But what I'm saying is, is that if it's a workout day, and you're walking all through New York, you might burn the same amount of calories that you're burning on a day that you're working out. I get that. Right? And so at that point, you're just going to have a little bit higher fat to adjust for the calories, and then you're going to be more fat-adapted. So yeah. Calories up. So just have yeah. Yeah. A little bit more fat. Yeah. That's... Right you could do a little bit more protein you know i i think that one of the things that we're hearing from a lot of people is like wow this is a little overwhelming this is a little confusing sometimes you know like i've been following for over a year i've been confused yeah I hate saying that. yeah and and i think that you know i don't know you know the relationship that you have with our coaches you know i don't know how that whole thing has worked out but i think you know I have an activity tracker on, Um, you don't. Um, It was enlightening for me, right? It like changed a lot of stuff for me because I was under eating like big time, you know? And wasn't really noticing it. And it it kind of helped me, you know? And so, like I said, seven years in, I'm still figuring some stuff out, you know? And so that's, that's kind of part of the deal. But yeah, I mean, the other thing too, mean for somebody that you know really has more of a muscle problem than a fat problem what i would say is that that comes down to a lot of your programming you know and you know if you're viewing metcon as the way i would say some of those slow lifting days you know that are programmed in you definitely want to pay a lot of attention to those things you know um definitely reps rep schemes stuff like that those are going to be you know the way to go there anybody else have anything <laughs> I know and you know what the funny thing <laughs> is is I could sit yeah. here all day too yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just need to double check time go ahead um, sure, so this ramp up to how here is. What um, I'm the yeah. just like No, you're asking a great question. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go through your exact numbers. And I'm gonna move your your um, your carbs to two fifty because that makes the math a little easier. And then I'm gonna move your uh, protein to one fifty. Okay. Oh yeah, no problem. That's my So and then your fats were at 80, right? Okay, so that's seven twenty. Okay. So so we're at a hundred, six hundred, seven twenty, 720. Um, it basically puts you at twenty-three twenty. Depending on what you do, you might be at twenty eight hundred. So then you go, well, how do I get to twenty eight hundred? One week at a time. So we go from twenty three hundred to 2800 the concept is called reverse dieting and we talk about it a lot and basically what you want to do is a lot of the time now there's a couple things here if you want to go from 2300 to 2800 you have my permission okay I think that I think not enough people push this quick enough you know um, my reverse dieting period this last time was three days <laughs> I went from twenty one hundred calories to like thirty five hundred within three days, you know, um, with no problem. Like my weight did not go up. You know, my 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 energy, my metabolism. I yeah, I don't yeah. So then, then what you do is you take a more gradual approach, where you just gradually up your calories towards your intake. See, that's the other thing I was saying to Karen is. What is your output? Like if we don't know that, we're missing a major component because you go, well, Paul, I CrossFit two to three hours a day, you know, um, I feel like I'm really working very hard. I probably should be eating a lot more food. Then I go, okay, well, what are you doing outside of that? Well, you know, honestly, I have a sedentary job. When I get home, I'm wiped out. And so I hit the couch. Well, yeah. you might not be at 2800. We don't really know. That was the interesting thing because while I do, I like, two days and yeah. you know, I keep out a lot, I would say my rate of perceived effort across the board is because my business is in capacity, so I do a lot of sleep okay. Yeah, So, so my exertion is not high, even though. Lot of time. So how long have you been doing a weightlifting protocol? Yeah. Uh, well, CrossFit. How long have you been oh, doing CrossFit? Uh, okay. So, so at some point, you know, because what I what I didn't know is if we were talking weeks or months, right? And so, so, um, so we should already have so some indication. I absolutely remember <laughs> you! I want to say, like, last summer or something, um, let us have some normalize cleaning, and so you said that your weight is up. I'm curious yeah, how much. November. So how much? Uh, it is uh Okay. You could potentially be up six pounds of muscle in that time. I am also muscle because I was 15 and I was 17. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what we're trying to accomplish. I mean, if you're like 15 to 17% body fat. So how tall are you? I mean, I, I think we're having like like a way different conversation though, because like you're you're obviously already very lean, you know, and you're viewing that as kind of a negative when it's actually a positive, and you're viewing your body weight um, exercises like the answer is being less weight. I would it's argue that the answer weight. is. I'm not I'm not I'm not arguing that you should be more weight but what I'm arguing is is that strength is probably the bigger component than the weight you know Um, but you know in the end ultimately you know whatever your goals are some level of specificity is gonna be the difference